You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. You know, the first time I heard about Samson, I couldn't believe it. I was in our nation's capital, little boy in Sunday school class there, all boys, and I heard about Samson. You know, it sounded like uh, someone from an Avengers movie. I didn't know it was Hulk or Hercules or Thor, but that even before they had Avengers or movies, there was Samson. And I think the story that got us boys right on the edge of our seats, I thought, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Samson took 300 foxes, tied their tails together, two by two, so 150 sets of foxes with their tails tied, got a torch, attached it to the teams of two, lit it on fire, and let the foxes go through the enemy's fields, the Philistines' fields of high grain, lighting them on fire. And I'm thinking, this is in the Bible? (laughs) My parents tell me to do what the Bible says. My sister has a cat. My neighbor has a cat. You know, no, don't worry. No animals were harmed in the making of this. And then I got a bit older, and uh, I, I remember Samson. We'll see why in a moment. But he had long hair. And when I was a teenager, it was cool to have long hair in the 70s. And uh, my policeman, sort of military kind of dad, I wanted to have long hair. He thought, and... Uh, So I tried to make a case from the life of Samson. Samson had long hair. Didn't work. (laughs) Another thing about Samson, as I got older, as a teenager, he had an eye for women. I understood that that attraction. And, uh, you know, there comes a time in every boy's life where girls become more interesting than frogs, but they can't figure out why, you know? Well, I was at that stage. And then, and then I'd hear people talk about Samson. They made him sound like he was this, you know, um, brainless brute. Just all muscle. No brain. And yet, when I read the Bible, he'd come up with these clever riddles. He'd just come up with that one time when he used his strength to uh, take out a bunch of the enemy, the Philistines, with the, the jawbone of a donkey. He, he said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I made donkeys out of them. Had a sense of humor. So he had brains. He had body. What about spirituality? Well, listen. The woman gave birth to a boy. This is Samson's mom gave birth to Samson and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. Listen to this. The spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in various locations in the the land of promise for God's people. Spirit of God. He's got brains, body, spirituality. And not only that, listen to the future that he had because uh, God had chosen him. He had Three words describe his future. He had purpose, he had position, he had power. Let's, let's, 95% of what we learn about Samson comes from the book of the Bible we call Judges. And that's where we're going to look at some verses from. We see, first of all, that he had purpose. What a purpose that he had in his life. His mom was told, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor. 
because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God. Now let's pause there. A Nazarite dedicated to God. What does that mean? Well, there were certain people that God would use for a special purpose that would take vows, a Nazarite vow. Really, the Nazarite vow would teach them self-control so they could fulfill the purpose. Uh, You know, Nazarite vow, some of the three big no-nos were um, uh, no alcohol, no razor, and no touching a corpse or a carcass. You know, that last one, no problem. (laughs) But uh, the, the, the Nazarite vow was there because they had a special purpose for their life. As, as the very next words say, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Can you imagine having a better purpose in your life than seeing people free to live the way God wants them to live and, and God wanted his people free because one day they were going to bring the Messiah Jesus into the world. And so God watched over his people. Enemies would rise up against them. In this case, in Samson's time, it was the Philistine. What a purpose to lead God's people into uh, overcoming the enemy so that God's purposes could be fulfilled for all mankind. What a purpose Samson had. Not only did he have purpose, uh, he also had position. He he had a position to do something with that purpose. Samson judged Israel for 20 years. This is pre-monarchy in Israel. They had judges that ruled. He was the man. He was the judge for 20 years during the period when the Philistines dominated the land. You'll remember, God had a purpose for Samson to overcome those uh, enemies so that God's people could live in, in, in freedom. And God gave him not only purpose, position, he also gave him the power to do it. Look at this verse. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, that Samson, with power. Three times the Bible says that. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson with power. Do you see it? I mean, Samson's got the complete package. Brain, body, spirituality, physical, mental, spiritual, and this amazing future of fulfilling God's purpose Gives him a position from which to do it and gives him power so that he can accomplish it. He's got everything going for him. So that just begs the question, come on, what is Samson doing then in a comeback series? It's supposed to be a series of comeback stories. What's Samson got to come back from? He has everything good. That brings us to a place where we're just going to pause for a few moments and just sort of identify here how many in this room and joining us online, how many would be honest, you are blessed by God today. There's a lot of things that may be going wrong in your life, but enough is going good that you have a lot to praise God for. Right on? We are blessed. I mean, for one of the reasons that we are blessed, obviously, is that we have a purpose in life. We, we're not just, you know, live, work, study, have a family or not, and then die, you know? We, we know that there's more to it, that we're made in the image of God. Jesus came to reconnect us to God. We live for him, and we let as many people know about Jesus so that they can live for him and live forever. We couldn't have a better purpose with our life. And then we not only have a purpose, but he gives us position, jobs and places of study, neighborhoods, friends and relationships where, where we can fulfill our purpose of revealing Jesus to people. I, um, 
I, I asked my son, he said, I got a lot of nice comments uh, from the teachers in the school that I'm leaving because my son's a school teacher in the public system. He's going to teach in another school next year. And I said, could you send them to us? And so he did. And so I read some of them to you without his permission. All right? All right? He, he, uh, he, he wrote this. People wrote this. There were only, the vice principal said, just write one word. And so some people did. Selfless. Patient, kind, big-hearted, dedicated, positive. Someone wrote Zen. <laughs> and then thinks outside the box to reach students. But here's the one that had me in tears. It says, serene, vulnerable, unflappable, take your pick. I just call him Jesus. Can you imagine? You know, because we all mess up. But even sometimes in the way we mess up, we can show that we get it, get it right because of our the lordship of Jesus in our life. And so we, we, we live and we reel. I can't imagine a greater purpose in any one of our lives than letting other people see Jesus in us so that they can get to know him themselves. Right, Don? That, that's just beautiful. And then, and then how many have a wonderful position of health? You know, some things that the older you get, well, we won't go there. But, anyway, the, 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 but there's good, good health. There's good things to be thankful for in the health of our... You may, not, you, you may have the physique of, did you see Pastor O'Shea? Why did we choose him to play Samson? You know, I thought maybe Pastor Jonathan, you know, he's, he goes to the gym, you know, he has... Anyway, but anyway, we had Pastor... You may have a physique like him or a physique like, uh, like Samson. We're, we're all over the place when it comes to health. It, you know, I know school's out. I apologize to students ahead of time, but this one teacher gave her students, a project in class for them to write out what they thought, not just what everyone else said, what they thought the seven wonders of the world would be. And some of them wrote down the obvious, you know, the, the Great Wall of China, the Grand Canyon, and they, 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 they chose a, a number of, of things, the pyramids of Egypt, you know, they, and then there was, uh, they turned them all in, and there was one girl at the back of the classroom. She's still struggling. She's still thinking and writing. And when the teacher said, because they got to move on, she said, you know, do you need a little more time to finish up? Maybe tell us what you have written down, and we'll just help you complete it. And so the girl hesitated a bit, and then she, she read. She said, I think the seven wonders of the world are to see, to hear, to touch, to taste, to smell, to laugh, and to love. You know, listen, listen, come on. How many of you this Canada Day weekend are thankful where you're positioned geographically on the planet? You know, how many, how many international studies have to be done to tell us that we are blessed to live in the, all things considered, on a comparative basis, the greatest nation on the planet? You know, how many are thankful today? All this Canada Day weekend, we give God praise for the privilege of living in a land, as Pastor Richard said, where there, there is freedom, but we are blessed with so many resources and can have such a positive future for the next generation in so many different ways. What am I saying? I'm saying, just like Samson, we are so blessed. We have so much good. We have purpose. We have position to leverage that purpose in people's lives. God gives us his spirit, his power to accomplish it. We have so much good. Why would we, as a, one of these blessed people, ever need a comeback? Same reason, Samson, even though he was blessed with those same three Ps, position, power, and purpose, 
He, he needed a comeback. You know, do you know why he needed a comeback? Here's the first reason. He may have had purpose, but he had purpose without self-control. He had a great purpose. Couldn't have been a better purpose to see God's people, to see people free. Lead that nation that would one day bring in the Messiah for the whole human race. He had a, he had a great purpose for his life. But he, although he had purpose, had physical muscle, mental muscle, he didn't have a whole lot of muscle in the self-control department. You know, what Sam, he was like a spoiled brat, you know, many times. What I want, I want it now. Remember when he was hungry? That Nazarite vow, remember the third part? He's not to touch a corpse or a carcass. He reaches inside a dead lion, touches the corpse to get honey because I'm hungry and I want food now. And he knew better. We know that because he didn't tell his parents where he got it from. He knew what he was doing. And then uh, when he wanted revenge, he wanted it now. You said, what's an example of that? I've got quite the example for you. He left his own wedding. He left his bride at the altar. Why? Because he got ticked off at some Philistines and he went to get revenge. Left his own wedding. And then women, he sees a Philistine woman and he says to his dad and mom, arrange the wedding. I want to marry her. I want her now. And when his dad challenges him, let me quote what he says. His dad challenges him on his choice of a wife and he says, get her for me. She's the right one for me. And then two decades and two women later, he still hasn't learned any lessons about this. Remember, he goes after Delilah. We'll get to that. And when he didn't get what he wanted now, he threw a temper tantrum. And he was powerful. So when he was mad, you just got out of his way. Especially if you were a Philistine or a fox. You got out of his way. (laughs) Purpose without self-control produces distraction. Listen to distraction. You don't get traction in fulfilling your purpose because you are distracted. You know, who in the New Testament accomplished Uh, more than anyone except for Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, right? He lived an abbreviated life, cut shorter, but yet he accomplished so much in reaching people and planting churches and, and mentoring leaders. Here's what he said. He said this, he talks about his purpose. I have my purpose. He says this one thing I do not these five or 50 things I dabble in. Do you hear them? This one thing I do. Here's my purpose, and I go, you know, when I think of this past season for the Raptors, and I think of uh, Kawhi Leonard, there's just one word that comes to mind above all others. I've seen some sports writers identify it too, and that is focus. Win a game, focus. Lose a game, focus. Curry joins the Warriors, focus. Is he going to come back and play for the Toronto Raptors next year? If he focuses on his purpose that God has for him, I know he will. <laughs> Listen, you, you parents and grandparents, you do, you do your children, grandchildren a disservice if you just give them whatever they want. Just give them whatever they want. If it's not what is God's best for them. We do, all the scientific studies, those that have taken psychological courses will remember the studies that if a child learns self-control at an early age, the rest of their life benefits from it. And other people do too. 
You know, this is where Samson didn't learn a whole lot of self-control. He didn't get a whole lot of traction in fulfilling his purpose. That's why he, one reason why he needed to come back. Another is that he had a position all right, but he had a position without humility. And a position without humility produces disillusionment. Because you have pride. Pride blinds you. You don't see yourself clearly, you don't see God accurately, and you don't see people except from an arrogant, elitist standpoint. And, and, and you're blinded, you live a life of illusions. Now, I don't have Kawhi Leonard to illustrate this point, but I did hear someone say something this past week, just a few days ago. I won't name any names, but I did hear a person say something. They said similar things like this before, but here's what they said. We have the cleanest air in the world in the United States, and it's gotten better since I'm president. gotten hotter maybe, but I, I, listen to Jesus. I just say that because, listen, we need to make a contrast between what living for Jesus or calling yourself a Christian or an evangelical really does look like. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. You want to know what a Christian looks like? He said, you follow the same example of the one who had a position, such a high position, that equality with God wasn't something that he had to reach for. Jesus Christ was equal with God, and he humbled himself and took upon the form of a servant to die on the cross for you. That's what a Christian looks like. You see, here's what I'm saying. Every one of you, whatever position you have in your home or your work or your school or your relationships, whatever position you have, it's not there for you to, you know, have your way. No, it is there for you to, to help people, to serve those people. Listen, if the God of the universe came to serve us, who do we think we are? We are here to serve. And so whatever position you have, it is here to serve. Samson just could not figure that one out. He, he had pride with his position. And it basically, it just made his position so he, he needed a comeback from it. And then the third area is power. Yeah, he had power, but he had power without meekness. Power without meekness produces damage. Listen, I did a study. Watch this. Every time Samson used his power, it wasn't to fulfill the purpose of God. You want your people free from the enemy. And so we'll destroy the enemy so that your people can be free and fulfill the purpose that you have for them as a nation upon the planet. No, never was that. Every time Samson exercised his power, it was always about himself. No meekness. It was always about getting revenge. You know those foxes? You know, it was all about getting revenge on the Philistines for something that they had done to him. Listen, if you don't, let me give you one, this will convince you. There was a time when Samson killed 30 Philistines. Why? Just to get their clothes. Because he had, he had said, it, 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 because he lost a bet. And he had to get 30 sets of clothes. So he kills off 30 guys to do it. I mean, it's, just, it's all about... For Samson, it was not about meekness. It was about meanness. Meanness. If he sang any theme song in his life, it was, Oh, I need me. Oh, I need me. Now, I understand, so we'll unpack it a bit, that meekness is often thought of as 
weakness. You know, you're meek. Oh, you're just meek and mild. You Canadians, you know. So I, I thought of this picture. Remember, I, I used it in the James series a couple of years ago. I was out on the West Coast where my sister has a place she takes care of horses. That horse, by, by the way, first of all, let me make my point. Look at that. That's power. No, not the man on top. Look a little. That's power under control. That horse was a racer and a jumper. That horse was worth $80,000. And I remember thinking about that. This is one horsepower, and yet it costs more than my car that is over 200 horsepower. Anyway, that's, that's, a, that's a topic for another day. But you have power that is under control. And uh, can you imagine uh, if meek people were running Wall Street and Bay Street? The power, but under control. Can you imagine if the meek were governing at Parliament Hill, Queen's Park, the White House, Russia, China? How many know G20 would be going a whole lot better than it is right now? What if the meek were running the businesses, employing people, and working for employers? You see, meekness is not life without power. It is power under control. Watch this. I can have power. Meekness means I use the power that I have not to overpower you, but to empower you. Do you see that? Okay, so here's Samson. I mean, what's he doing in the comeback series? Well, the Apostle Paul helps us understand. He says, these things happen to them. Who's them? All these Old Testament characters. Last week with Pastor Jonathan, it was Moses. This week... It's, it's Samson. Next week, it's Pastor Mark McKnight is going to be with us. Some of you will know him. What a treat that will be. He's going to be talking to us about, about uh, Jonah. And then Hagar. There's a whole bunch of them that we're going to be looking at this summer. Why are we looking at them? Because these things happened to them so that they could be examples and were written down as warnings. We can, we can learn from the good and we can learn from the bad. Pastor Jonathan, in the first message of this series last weekend with Moses, helped us understand there are two ways that we can learn from people in this series. One is preventative. You look at what they did. Whoa, it's a warning. Not going to go there that with, with, with my life. Look at what it leads to. I learn from them. And then he also said redemptive. Not only preventative, but redemptive. What's redemptive about Samson? I mean... You know, and then he goes and he moves in with the third Philistine woman in 20 years. Like, he, he just doesn't learn his lessons. And then Philistine rulers move in on. And they, on the situation, and they make Delilah an offer that she cannot refuse. They said, Delilah, all of us Philistine leaders, each of us is going to give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Each of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver if you'll uncover and communicate to us the secret of Samson's strength. And so she's got to say, love of Samson, love of silver. It doesn't take her long. Matter of fact, she reminds me of this one uh, uh, girl who uh, broke off the engagement and then wrote her fiancé, former fiancé, and said, Dear John, I have been unable to sleep since I broke off the engagement. Won't you please forgive and forget? Your absence is breaking my heart. I was a fool. 
Nobody can take your place. I love you. All my love, Belinda. Congratulations, thank you. Congratulations on winning this week's lottery. <laughs> that, that, that was Delilah. Just sort of her, you know. And she just uses every trick that she knows to get Samson to tell her the secret of his strength so she can get her silver. And, and Samson, you'll remember, what, he had a purpose, but what did he not have? He did not have a whole lot of self-control. And so the Bible says that she day after day nagged and prodded him. She just kept at him, kept at him. So one day he just says, okay, you tie me up with seven bowstrings and I won't be able to get free. She ties him up with seven bowstrings while he's sleeping and then says, Samson, the Philistines are coming to get you. And he just breaks them off as if they were nothing. And, uh, you know, what's your problem, lady? And, and she says, you lied to me. And then he, he says, okay. He, she keeps nagging, prodding. I'll tell you the secret of my strength. If you bind me with new ropes, go to Canadian Tire, get some new ropes, you bind me with them, and, and I won't be able to get free. And then she does that. He, he falls asleep and, Samson, wake up, the Philistines are coming to get you. And he just breaks the new ropes free like they're nothing. She's, now you're mocking me. Prods, nags, Days go by. He says, okay, let me tell you. Watch how he's getting closer now. He says, if you braid my hair, if you braid my hair, and, 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 then, and then so she braids his hair and falls asleep. Samson, the Philistines are coming to get you. And he just goes, what's the problem? And then she pulls up the trump card. Sorry for the choice of words. She pulls up the trump card and she says, if you really love me, you would tell me. You know, here's where self-control would have really come in handy. But, it, but let me read to you what happens next. Judges 16, listen to this. So he told Delilah everything. He said this, I quote, No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. After putting him to sleep on her lap, isn't that sweet? She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. No, 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 hold on. Before we go to the next one, you're about to see some of the saddest words in the Bible. Look at this. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Keep reading. It's, it gets pretty sad. The Philistines seized him, gouged out both his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. You know, we talk here, the Gaza Strip, down that area of Israel. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. He's not only in prison, He's got the job of an animal in prison. You know how they put the grinder, they put the donkey around? Guess who's the donkey now, Samson? Where's Samson's purpose and power and position now? God had given Samson a purpose to see deliverance from the Philistines for God's people to move on with their purpose. And now he himself is a prisoner 
of those same people he was supposed to see his people freed from. His position that God had given him to be a judge, to see justice. Now, Samson's not seeing a whole lot of anything right now. And the power that God had given him, it's cut off just like his hair. (laughs) So, think about it. What are the makings of a comeback? What Samson got left for a comeback? What's he got to offer God or anybody in Israel for, for a comeback? He, 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 you know, last weekend when Pastor Jonathan talked about Moses' second comeback, at least Moses, when he came back the second time, he had another 40 years in front of him to lead Israel out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land, fulfilling God's purpose with the position, and God gave him the power to do it, not Samson. Samson is reduced from God's great deliverer for his nation of people to a a grinding machine in a Philistine prison. Samson's a total write-off. Actually, actually, I shouldn't say. He he does have one purpose. You know what his purpose is now? To be entertainment, to be a freak show for the Philistines. And they liked bringing him out and mocking him. You know, we are the champions, you know. Like, we're, we're, we beat the God that you say is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who created everything, our false gods. Matter of fact, to add insult to injury, they have Samson in the temple of their false gods. It was more crowded than the streets of Toronto after the, during the Raptors parade. And, and their people are squishing in there the who's who of the Philistines are there, including all of the rulers who had bribed Delilah. They're all there. And there is not one ounce of meekness or self-control or humility among them. Quite the opposite. And they're gloating over their superior position among humanity. And they start to chant, Bring out Samson. Bring on the clown. Bring out the clown. And out comes this used to be, has been, blind leftover named Samson. And he has nothing. Absolutely nothing now, right? It's all gone. Except when his eyes were gouged out and the blindness meant he couldn't see anything, for the first time maybe ever, he started to to see the purpose that God had for his life, to destroy the Philistines so his people could move on for the benefit of all humanity, bringing the Messiah. And so he says to the man that's guiding him out to be the entertainment, he says, put me out, you know, where I can get some traction between the two pillars that hold up this place. And then he does something that he could have done many years before, but he knows enough to do it now. He turns to the source of his power. He turns to God and he says, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And Samson is given supernatural strength to bring down the building. And, and here's what the next, here's, here's how his story ends. He says, it says, when the building came down, it, more of the Philistines were destroyed than all the other time while Samson lived. Did you hear that? 
He did more when he had nothing than when he had all the power and the position and the prestige and the potential and the purpose. He, he, he did more when he had nothing. Never forget this. When all we have left is the Lord, we have all that we need for a comeback. Can, can you say that with me? Say this aloud together with me. I want to fast it down to your minds for a lousy day in your future. <laughs> say it with me. When the Lord is all we have left, we have all we need for a comeback. All right, how many are here in this room and things are going pretty good for you this Canada Day weekend in your life these days? You, you've got position, you've got level of power. I mean, not everything's perfect, but things are going pretty good for you right now. And you can identify with, with Samson. It just, you know, we, I really don't even need God that much because I'm just doing pretty good on my own. Thank you very much. Here's the preventative message that Samson screams out to you from the pages of Scripture. You know, it's sort of like, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Listen, when things are going good in your life, you can be the most vulnerable. That can be when you start to think it's all about you and you marginalize God. And how many understand the next breath you take, you couldn't take it unless God supplied it. All you have or ever hope to be, you owe it all to him. Give credit where credit is due. Say, God, I may have all these good things, but they come from all I have needed, your hand has provided. Great is your faithfulness. I praise you, Lord. I need, in, amidst all that I have, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I need you, Lord. Listen, you may be going through a, a time where you can look at stuff in your life and you're saying, man, it, I'm, I'm sure not, I don't have everything going for me. Matter of fact, I just, I, I can't even see what the future's gonna look like. I'm as blind as Samson when it comes to seeing good come out of my future. I'm just feeling weak, Pastor. I just, the, the spiritual and emotional batteries are just so weak because of what I'm going through in my life these days. And people that I love are going through you know, Samson has a redemptive message for you, a redemptive lesson, and that is this. You've got nothing, just like Samson, no power left. You can't see the purposes. You feel you don't have a position to do anything about it. You feel helpless. All you have to do is get in a position where you can turn to God and say, Sovereign God, I need you. Oh, I need you. I love the words of the song we're going to sing in a few moments, and I invite you to sing it with fresh meaning. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. I need you. Oh, I need you. Oh, say it together with me again, aloud together. When the Lord is all we have left, we have all we need for a comeback. Amen? Let's pray about this. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.